0: Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/Fool. It's Thursday, May 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio from Motley Fool Asset Management, New York Yankee fan extraordinaire Bill Barker. How you doing? Uh, things have been good lately. Things have been real good with your team that apparently is incapable of losing at all. So let's not dwell on that and let's talk about coming to coming to town next week. <sighs> I'm leaving town. So You're I won't leaving go, town, but you could go. You could go. If I go, I will be rooting. I'll be rocking the red, and I'll be rooting for the hometown Nationals. Um, And we're going to talk about your trip because you've you've got uh, kind of an interesting trip coming up. But let's. I mean, we got. We're not here to talk about baseball. I mean, we could be, but no one would listen. No one would care. Um, We're going to talk earnings. We're going to talk television. We're going to talk stock buybacks. Let's start with Booking Holdings, aka Priceline. First quarter profits for Booking Holdings, they were higher than expected. Revenue was higher than expected. The stock down about 5% this morning on guidance for the current quarter. How weak was this guidance? This was about as rock solid a quarter as Booking Holdings, which is a behemoth, by the way, could put up.
1: Yeah, it was a good quarter, and it's sort of focusing on the one day stock movement uh, leads to the question how bad was it uh, and it was good uh, the guidance is is good not as good as uh, people were expecting going into this report so the share price is easing off a little bit remember that the stock was basically trading at an all time high going into this report uh, i think about 1% off so This is now, now it's about 4 or 5% off of its all time high. The guidance itself is for, uh, I think, 7 to 11% top line uh, room night bookings growth, which is pretty good. Uh, Slight currency adjustment on that, 5% to 9%. Total gross bookings up 10 to 14% is the guidance for the quarter. So it's a, a Good level of growth, uh, but not exceptional level of growth that it, they're guiding to. They've got a history of, of under-promising, over-delivering, so maybe factor that up a, a little bit. But if you're comparing this to some other companies that are of a similar valuation, um, in terms of uh, you know the price-to-earnings multiples, uh, things like uh, Alphabet and, and uh, Facebook, they're really guiding toward faster growth and similar valuations so that's one reading reason for bookings to maybe sell off a tiny bit today
0: is booking holdings because of the success that the company has had year after year are they in that category where not just results but guidance at well as well needs to be amazing all companies
1: are graded more on their guidance. Uh, Maybe not all companies, but certainly in in rapid growth companies, uh, graded more on their guidance and what they've just delivered. So, even though Booking has delivered a quarter better than uh, expectations on both the top and the bottom line, uh, if guidance is any softer than the market was expecting, then then yes, it's going to get uh, hit a little bit. Again, off of an all-time high, now it's 5%, 6% 5%, 6% within its all time high. And there is always plenty of uh, competition here, and the competition is continuing to come from um, places that are staffing up more of the sort of experience side of the equation than just the uh, hotel room side, which are traditionally priceline and, and booking uh, have the greatest strength. Uh, the other names uh, under Booking Holdings being Kayak and Agoda, and they've got Open Table. So Open Table is a little bit more of the experience uh, thing than just the the hotel rooms. Uh, but uh, they're they're in the right place. They're doing continuing to do a very good job. Uh, you know they they didn't have the big pop that Tripadvisor had uh, yesterday the day before uh, because they have been delivering. Unlike Tripadvisor, which uh, you know, it was bouncing off lows rather than trying to maintain a stock price high.
0: Let's move on to AMC Networks and shares of AMC up nearly ten percent this morning. First quarter profits came in higher than expected. I'm assuming at least part of the story here is the tax cut, because coming into this quarter there was a little bit of concern, in part because the sort of the flagship show for AMC right now. Walking Dead, or I guess Fear of the Walking Dead. Clearly, I'm not an actual viewer of said show. Uh, Ratings down just a little bit, so I think there was a little bit of concern, but you tell me.
1: Uh, Well, it's not, yeah, it's Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead and uh, numerous other uh, shoot offs of it. If you go to the AMC website, Uh, And scroll down. They've got the Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Walking, uh, Talking Dead, which I I guess is talking
0: about the show. That is the show that Chris Hardwick, a podcast host that I enjoy a great deal. Yes, it's it airs right after the show, and so it's yeah. We talk about doubling down. Clearly, AMC Network tripling down on zombies. Uh, The Walking Dead extended episodes. The Walking Dead Red Machete. Please tell me there's uh, the, a musical. Please the walk- tell me there's Walking Dead! Exclamation point. The musical. The Walking Dead conversations, uh, not to be confused with
1: Talking Dead. It just goes on. And so, if there is softness in that brand, uh, then they're going to be uh, in trouble. So, I think that uh, they showed. That they got the ad rates, I think, a little bit higher than than last quarter, where they had had some softness in the ad rates, and it was a very flat bottom line and top line, very flat year over year, which seems to be enough for
0: investors today. Here is what could help if they could actually produce the next season of Better Call Saul, which in the past has come in the spring, and here we are in the spring, and and. Fans of the show like myself are just sort of looking around saying where is the where is the next season and they don't even have a firm date on when it's going to start. They're saying, "Well, fall of 2018." People like me would like a little bit more specificity. Uh, I guess you would,
1: and you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to, yeah. you know, suffer and and your expectation your your interest will be increased. They've got a lot of different networks uh IFC over there.
0: IFC, WeTV, OK, if you tell me there's a television network called We TV sure I'll believe that there is there is it's I don't think it's aimed toward us uh, which think, is ironic because it's named we uh, I think
1: the we one the W probably has something to do with women because I think that is more of the target uh, audience than uh, than me TV which I think would be the one for us yes. Instead of WeTV. TV, uh, but that that I think is their maybe their second biggest
0: uh, network I'm not sure so it's interesting. I, I saw a couple of comments from uh, the executives. I, I believe this was from the call, but um, one of the things that AMC and networks in its category uh, is trying to do to <laughs> to stem the tide of Netflix is to talk up. The it's not only the quality of their programming, but also their ability to promote those shows. And I, I think there's a little something to that. I don't know from an investor standpoint if that makes. Um, it, I think that matters more on the content creator side of things as opposed to investors. If you're an investor and you're looking at Netflix and AMC and just look at the past few years, it's kind of easy to figure out which one has been the better investment. But I do think there is something to, um, when showrunners, uh, when producers are looking at their options in terms of who they're going to go with, one of the things that AMC can legitimately say with regards to Netflix is, we're going to give you more promotion of your show on our network than Netflix will, simply because Netflix is cranking out a new thing whether it's a movie, a television show, a limited run series, a comedy special, they're cranking out a new thing pretty much every day this year.
1: Yeah, that may be the case certainly for the producers um, because there's a little bit more visibility to some of these things. Uh, but you know, certainly if Netflix is able to pay more, that that speaks to <laughs> that, that does. Uh, Netflix has got has been spending wildly, and it's working out for them. And so, I think that they're, everybody who's partnering with them um, is pretty happy about the money that they're paying, I think. I would think so. For all these things. But like anything else, it's you get more money getting past Seasons 1, Seasons 2. So, having a smaller uh, playground uh, to compete in, uh, AMC doesn't have the, the opportunity to start a new show every day. Uh, but you know, it's, it's all kind of f- flat there, which is maybe not too bad in, in an era of cord, cut- cord cutting to maintain your revenues. Um, but I, I think that uh, you know, today's news was more sort of relief than, than really demonstrating
0: that things are rapidly improving. for anyone who thinks we've been talking about stock buybacks more than we usually do, there's a reason for that. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reporting this morning that U.S. companies are buying back their own shares at a record pace. Uh, So far, S&P 500 companies that have reported earnings for the first three months of this year have bought back $150 billion worth of their own stock. I'm curious what your take in general is on stock buybacks. because Buffett, at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting over the past weekend, generally not a fan of it, although he seems to like the fact that Apple's going to be buying back stock. And I'm sure the fact that Berkshire Hathaway owns a healthy chunk of that stock has everything to do with him applauding Apple for buying back shares. Well,
1: they're buying the same thing he's buying. So, uh, yeah, he's got to applaud that. Apple just produces too much cash to Really put it all to use. And unlike Berkshire Hathaway, where the central uh, skill that the company has is capital allocation, uh, Apple's central skill is not uh, acquiring additional companies. And so buying back its own stock uh, has worked pretty well. Historically, that's uh, a better than average use of capital. Uh, and and lower than average uses of capital are making acquisitions of companies other than your own. So, on the whole, I think it's good. It's not surprising given the tax cut. There is more cash. Uh, you know, something like Apple brought back a lot of cash from abroad. Uh, wasn't able to put it to use there. Uh, having brought it back has to put it to use in some form and it's not surprised that it's stock buybacks and the tax cut in general is fueling a lot of this as was predicted.
0: I, I my own view on this is it kind of depends on a number of things including what are the options that a company has for the cash. We were talking the other day about Starbucks and this deal with Nestle this global marketing deal and how Starbucks said they're going to take some healthy chunk, if not all, of the $7 billion they just got handed from Nestle and they're going to put that towards share buybacks. And as a longtime owner of Starbucks stock, uh, I heard that news and I thought, good, because you haven't really, for all of the success of Starbucks, they haven't really demonstrated a great ability to buy other companies, in particular, food and beverage companies, and make them work. So, the fact that Starbucks is thinking, yeah, you know what, we're going to buy back our own stock. I've seen what happens when Starbucks goes out and acquires food companies, and I would much rather that they spend money buying back their own stock.
1: Yeah. For the most part, it's a better use of capital than uh, acquiring other companies, as measured, you know, those who have taken the time to measure this uh, have concluded that the stock buybacks historically have been a better use of cash. Now, historically, stocks have also been cheaper um, over the long spread of time than than they are trading right now. Perhaps most stock buybacks. Uh, have come in the last couple of decades because of some changes in in the tax laws uh, that, or changes in, in securities laws, which allowed companies more opportunity to buy back their own stock. So it's it's more a function of the last two three decades than than the history of the market, where returning cash to shareholders, for the most part, uh, came in the form of much higher dividends. You go back in time and and you find that. Uh, the larger history shows dividends 4-5% or 5% annual return of dividends. That's no longer the case. It's less than 2%. It's been less than 2% for a while. Uh, but uh, buybacks are uh, a, a bigger and bigger part.
0: Before we move on, I want to say thanks again to Rocket Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, look, when you're getting a mortgage, when you're refinancing, there's a lot of paperwork and it it's terrible. It's just it's a terrible boring process and you want to be as confident as you can because while it's a terrible boring process, it's also probably the biggest financial decision you're going to make in your life. And so you want to be as confident as you are in your everyday life, as confident as you are in your job, as confident as Bill Barker is in how the New York Yankees are playing right now because they cannot lose. They are incapable of losing, and Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. A couple of quick shout-outs. First, shout-out to the newest, youngest. Dozen of listeners out there, not dozen. The newest, youngest listener out there, Elizabeth Mulk, born yesterday. Her father Peter is one of our listeners, and uh, he sent a photo. So, congrats uh, to Peter um, on uh, on a brand new baby girl. So fantastic! Um, shout out to Peter Rukner of Fool Germany, who is visiting this week. And uh, for anyone who has not checked out The Motley Fool's website in Germany, you absolutely should. Peter runs our uh, one of our services over there, essentially our small cap service. Um, also, Peter's a long-time listener because he brought tribute in the form of not just a bottle of whiskey, which looks amazing, but also Pringles. And I'm going to tweet out the photo of the Pringles because they're, uh, they're Emmentaler. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Basically, Swiss cheese. Swiss. Cheese Pringles, and I can't wait to break them open. They're going to be fabulous. Uh, and last but not least, if you're going to be in the DC area at the end of this month, we are having a podcast listener meetup in Washington, DC, and we've got more details coming, but it's going to be on May 30th. So save the date for that. If you want to email us, marketfoolery at fool.com, we will send you all the information. That's foolery at fool.com for our podcast listener meetup in Washington DC on May 30th let's talk about your trip because you've got you have two conferences you're going to is this right yes
1: I'm going to the CFA uh, annual conference in Hong Kong uh,
0: not in Boise
1: not in Boise this year unfortunately uh, it's going to be in Hong Kong instead so uh, heading out tomorrow arriving day later and looking forward to it
0: And So, this is uh, you and a bunch of other uh, folks like you in a room, and companies are presenting to you. Companies are saying, hey, this is why you should buy our stock, because we're going to do this PowerPoint about our business and take some of your questions, and uh, we've got a great business here. Is that typically how that goes?
1: That's the typical com- conference that I go to, but that's not the CFA conference where it's a society and people get together and talk about how wonderful their profession is and and how where it's going and, and a lot of but, talks yeah. about uh, you know what what is new in the business and what is new in the profession and what's old and not going to work any longer and so it's not an individual company
0: presentation kind of thing. I'm not okay. doing that afterwards, uh, Singapore. And Singapore is where you've got a little bit of free time to maybe explore, go out, check out a restaurant, maybe a tourist attraction or two. Yes. Have you been to Singapore before? Uh, Yeah, but not in 25 years. So oh, I, I'm sure it's exactly the same as it was 25 years ago. I can't imagine Singapore is any different, and by that I mean I hope not because it, it was great then. And so if it's, it's changed just, in any way, I'll be disappointed. I'm sure it's a completely different place now. Um, can we can we crowdsource for you? Sure, because obviously if people are interested in the podcast listener meetup on May 30th here in Washington D.C., they can email marketfulereadful They can also email suggestions for restaurants for things to do. Because Bill Barker hasn't been to Singapore in 25 years, and the place is—it might as well be a completely different planet. Is there anything new there? That's what I—I—I I assume not. No, right? You're—you're right. you're wrong. It's, I haven't—I've <laughs> never been to Singapore, and I'm sure it's completely different. So, you know, uh, Hong Kong the same. I'm, what are you looking for? You, like, years. ideally, you get an—we get an email that just says, "Hey, look, here's here's where you got to go." Are you looking for restaurants? Are you looking for tourism stuff? Uh, Museums. Anything. A anything coffee any any
1: must do things because I will have a little bit of free time. I'll have the better part of, of one free day in Singapore and really no free time uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, but there'll be some speakers. Uh, Daniel Kahneman's speaking. Have you ever interviewed him? Uh, no. No?
0: No. Michael Lewis has interviewed him, and I've interviewed Michael Lewis about. His interview of Kahneman, so that so there you go, so that's I'm uh so you've indirectly interviewed him, well, it's like you know it's two you feel, de- you feel like you've interviewed him, it's two degrees of Danny Kahneman, which is a much more obscure game than the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's been here though, hasn't he is Who? He K- Kahneman? Kahneman
1: I don't know, maybe uh anyway, looking forward to hearing him speak and uh and everybody else um, but what are you gonna be doing?
0: Uh, I'm just I'm going to be here in the studio. Going to the Yankees game? They're they're in DC. No, <laughs> no, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be watching on TV and and, and our producer Dan Boyd might be going. So You're I'm going to be going to... rooting for the Celtics next week, aren't you? Oh, wait. Did Oh, you know what? That is the other sport news today that uh, that my Boston Celtics emerged victorious over your Philadelphia 76ers. I'm glad we were able to work that out. <laughs> Yes, the Celtics will be in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, speaking speaking of of Yeah, and you've got them going uh, past the Cavs. Oh my goodness, LeBron James is just <laughs> is just uh looking superhuman, more so than usual, which is which is incredible. By the way, I was actually thinking uh, and I'm going to I'm going to use an investing analogy here. And, and for those who are not fans of the NBA, not basketball fans, um, one of the star players for the Philadelphia 76ers um, is a young man named Ben Simmons. He is almost certainly going to win uh, the Rookie of the Year award this year. And Ben Simmons has had a phenomenal season. And Ben Simmons had, uh, in, his, in the playoff series against the Celtics, not a great series. Um, didn't shoot particularly well. Um, uh, you know, had some turnovers. Like just in general, didn't play great, uh, particularly for someone who's probably going to win the rookie of the year award. And much like in investing, when uh, a promising young company um, goes public and maybe they they have a stumble in terms of quarterly results or something like that, uh, you see people descend and just sort of say and immediately start to focus on all of the flaws as opposed to the promise. And that has really happened over the last few days. My observation, with respect to Ben Simmons, that as he has struggled a little bit in this series, there are any number of commentators coming out and saying, uh, "I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, he's really struggling. I, you know, maybe he's not that good." Um, a couple of people even suggesting, you know, they they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't uh, take off the table the idea of trading him. And I just sort of look at that and and kind of like investing, where there's a young company and you just think, oh, yeah, they've got a little bit of growing pains, but I'm pretty sure this is a business I want to be a part owner of for the next 10 to 15 years and beyond. Uh, if Ben Simmons were a public company, shares would be selling off over the past week and I would absolutely be buying them.
1: Well, I think there's a very low bar for spouting off some nonsense on sports talk radio. Really? Have you watched financial television recently? Because <laughs> I think there's there's a similarly low bar. There is a low bar, but in terms of oh, you know, the the decision makers on Ben Simmons, I doubt are giving one millionth the amount of thought to trading him that uh, those that that call in uh, on
0: sports talk would might uh, might promote. I think that's probably true, but you know it's it's still entertaining.
1: Another speaker at this uh, Steve Eisman.
0: Steve Eisman, Steve Eisman. Now I'm now you're interested. now you're thinking about going. No, I'm not thinking about going, but actually I'm now I'm legitimately uh, jealous that you're going to be at this thing. Steve Eisman for those unfamiliar um, one of the star characters uh, real life characters obviously of Michael Lewis's book The Big Short. And in the movie version uh, Steve Eisman uh, the Steve Eisman character is played by Steve Carell. And he, I remember reading The Big Short and being blown away by Steve Eisman, who is uh, just uh, an openly rude person, um, not necessarily in a malicious way. He just uh, appears, as his wife says, uh, no, he just lacks manners. Um, but it makes him a phenomenal investor because he is able to sit in meetings where companies are pitching him ideas. And he has, because he has no manners, he does not care about how he comes across, and because of that, he doesn't care about looking rude when he's asking very pointed, blunt questions. There's a meet and greet with him. Should I try to get
1: him uh, for you for your show?
0: Yeah, I mean, Molly Full Money. No, would, you would, should. You have him on. I would love to. There's no reason Steve Eisman would, would need to come on because I, I he doesn't strike me as someone who's necessarily seeking publicity or, or looking to promote a book or anything like that. But I, you should absolutely go talk to him because he, he strikes me as a fascinating person.
1: Well, we'll see, we'll see who's willing to talk to me out there. If, if there's anybody listening who's going to be there, let me know because uh, uh, I, I may know very, very few people at, at the beginning. I'll know everybody by the end. com. I'll be the, the white uh, male in a dark business suit. So, I should
0: be easy to spot. I think that'll, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> at, at, at conferences like this? <laughs> Marketfullery at full.com. Uh, if you have any suggestions uh, for Bill in Singapore. Thanks for being here! Have a great trip! Thank you! As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, in The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening! We'll see you on Monday!